Welcome to Biohacking Her Way, where each week we'll dive deep into the world of biohacking, exploring cutting-edge strategies, expert insights, and practical tips to help you optimize your health, balance your hormones, and unleash your true potential. My name is Abby, and I am your host, so let's dive in. What is up, you guys? And I think we're going to be talking about a very, very important topic today, one that it's almost more important to talk about than any other health wellness trend, any workout, any meal plan, any supplement, anything else that you could possibly do or take or incorporate in your life. And that is living by the 80-20 lifestyle. Now I know some of y'all are going to hear that 80-20 lifestyle and think that is just an unrealistic lifestyle. Or maybe you've tried the 80-20 lifestyle and you're like, uh, nope, I tried it. I'm not good at it. Or some of you think you're living that 80-20 lifestyle, but really you're going way off the end of one side and not the other. Or you might have tried it and we're just like, nope, I'm burnt out from this. This might actually not be the right thing for me. Well, so I want to talk to you about how living in this 80-20 lifestyle can still help you allow you to reach every single goal that you have in place while at the same time living the life that you truly want. Because let's be honest, no one wants to eat healthy all the time and just not be able to eat ice cream or being able to go have a night out with their friends and party until the sunrise comes up, right? Like I really value my life by this 80-20 rule and I used to not live it very well. I'm going to be honest about that and we're going to talk more about that in uh, this episode because I'm going to be giving you five different tips on how to live in the 80-20 lifestyle and actually slay that so you're not sitting here and thinking I can never live by the 80-20 lifestyle. And I also want to point out you may have heard that the 80-20 lifestyle is bullshit. It's never going to help you reach your goals or anything like that. It's yada, yada, yada. I've heard it all. So we're going to talk about why the 80-20 lifestyle is actually possible and why it can actually be beneficial. So let's dive into it. So number one, the first tip that I'm going to give you is prioritize your nutrition-dense foods that you're putting into your body. So focusing on consuming a nutrient nutrient-dense foods such as like fruits and vegetables and whole grains and lean proteins and healthy fats 80% of the time is going to help you reach your goals. There's also a certain order that you should be eating your food in that will also help amplify everything with eating these nutrient-dense foods so you can actually get the most out of it while feeling your best. And I'm going to share that with you as well because I also want to point out with this 80-20 living lifestyle when it comes to eating, this does not mean that you're eating really, really healthy during the week and you're not allowing any indulgence, you're not allowing any sweet treats, you're not allowing that, you know, maybe one alcoholic beverage to celebrate a best friend's birthday or anything like that. And then going on the weekends and then just eating and drinking whatever the hell it is that you want. That is not what this 80-20 lifestyle is because quite frankly, that is still not an 80-20 lifestyle. So what is an 80-20 lifestyle when it comes to eating nutrient-dense foods? I mentioned eating your foods in the right order. So what does that look like? Eating your foods in the right order are essentially going to be fats. I'm sorry, not fats, fiber and vegetables first. Next is you're going to want to eat your fats and your proteins. And last year, we're going to want to eat your carbs, your starches, and your sugars. The reason why you eat it in this order is this is going to allow your body to digest the food sooner. The glucose goddess actually talks about this. And she describes our body to be like a sink. 
And think of this sink as, let's say, maybe you're a female and you got tons of hair. I mean, this is biohacking for biohacking her way. So I'm assuming you might be a female, but assume that your hair gets stuck in the strain. And when your hair gets stuck in the drain, it makes it extremely hard for the water to drain properly. And then your sink gets backed up, or your bathtub gets backed up, and it's just draining really, really, really slow. The same thing happens to our bodies when we don't eat the food, the right foods in the right order. For example, let's say that you're having pasta for dinner and I love pasta and I think pasta is a beautiful dish and I don't see why you can't have pasta. But if you're eating the carbs and maybe a sugary sauce, depending on what it is, whether it's a store-bought sauce and it's high in sugar content or maybe you made it yourself and it's just a really creamy one, like an Alfredo or something like that with like heavy cream and all that stuff. If you're eating that first, that is the hair getting stuck in the drain. So when you go to eat your protein, when you go to eat the vegetables, it's going to take a longer time for it to drain in your body. And so now what is happening is you're having a super intense glucose spike And when we have these glucose spikes, your body can only consume so much glucose at one time. And when it is overloaded, it essentially turns into stored fat a lot of the time around your midsection. So if you're noticing that you're really struggling to lose weight and you're like, what the heck is happening? I'm eating all these really healthy foods. I'm eating super nutritious. Why am I not losing the weight? It's probably because you're not eating your foods in the right order. And she actually has tons of studies on this where people have gone and eaten the foods in the right order. They'll have a salad before dinner and then they'll have whatever the protein and fat is and then the carbs. And people have lost five pounds in a week. They were on the verge of being diabetic and they were able to reverse those symptoms. So that is what I mean by eating nutrients, dense foods. And same thing applies on the weekends eat your foods in order. Like if you want to go out to brunch with some girlfriends or your friends or go to a birthday dinner and you want to have that espresso martini or you're at brunch and you really want to have that mimosa and that really delicious waffle, a really sweet treat, just eat something ahead of time like eggs or vegetable. And most places nowadays anyways, have a side salad or some kind of side vegetable that you can order. Just order that ahead of time and eat that. Maybe even take a little bit of apple cider vinegar and water to help offset that glucose spike and then eat what you want, right? Everything in moderation and calories are not all the same. And she talks a lot about this in regards as well about how eating your foods in this right order in this nutrients dense way can actually help your body and calories don't really matter, but we're not going to talk about that today. We'll talk about that another time because that is a whole another topic that we can dive into, but allow yourself to have the dessert. I have a sweet treat every single night after dinner. Like that's my thing that I eat. So every morning I typically have like an omelet with tomato and feta, but before that I'll either have a smoothie that has like spinach and protein and some flax seeds because I typically, I don't snack during the day. So I typically have a bigger breakfast and then my lunch, my dinner are normal sizes. And so I start with my vegetable and if I don't want a smoothie, I'll just make some broccoli or something else. And then I'll have my omelet Lunch, it's usually the same thing. I love having a chickpea pasta for lunch. It just has so much protein already packed into it. Plus adding a protein into it like ground beef or ground turkey or shrimp, chicken, whatever it is. But I'll make a side salad first and I'll eat that first. So then I eat eat whatever the protein is that's in it. And then I'll eat the pasta. And then the same thing with dinner. Vegetable, protein, 
carb, whatever that might be. And then I'm usually having a piece of chocolate or like I'm going to be making um, this week like a strawberry dark chocolate cluster little thing. So it's going to be like strawberries and Greek yogurt and like covered in chocolate as well as some chocolate pistachio protein balls. And that's going to be my sweet, sweet treat that I have after dinner. And just like if you want to go out and you want to have the donut on that weekly little sweet treat as well, just have something ahead of time to offset that. So that is number one, prioritize nutrients, dense foods, allow yourself to eat that sweet treat, just eat the foods in the right order and you can have basically whatever it is that you want. The next one is practice mindful indulgence because you want to allow yourself to have this freedom to enjoy the occasional treat, like I said, the dessert after dinner or that brunch where you're having this really delicious waffle or just being able to go have a night out with your friends and maybe have one too many drinks because we've all done it. And it's, especially if it's like on a rare occasions type of thing, it's not like you're going out every weekend and doing this, right? Like you have to allow yourself to practice mindful indulgence because I am a huge on setting an intention. I set an intention before everything that I do especially if I'm going out with friends. Like uh, we like going to raves. Like we like to go dance. We like to go listen to music. I mean, we got engaged at Burning Man, which is spending a week in the desert in Nevada. And you are just providing your own food, your own water. And you basically sleep during the day and you're up all night dancing to all these different DJs. And it's just a really, really fun time. But if you're not taking care of your body, then it can totally cause you to get sick or something's happen to you down the road, like hormonal imbalance, all these different things, right? So allow yourself to have these mindful indulgence. Just set an intention. When you set an intention, you also become more mindful about why are you doing this in the first place? So if I want to go out to a happy hour with a girlfriend, I'm like, okay, my intention is that I just want to go and have a good time and connect with my girlfriend, see how she's doing and just be able to spend some time with her. And so there's nothing wrong with allowing yourself to indulge. And that is that 20% of the time. It's not something that's happening every single day of the week. You're not sitting there and drinking every single night. You're not going out and partying until the sun comes up every single weekend. And if you are, that's great. That's the lifestyle you chose. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And it's okay. I'm, when, I keep, when I keep saying a waffle, I'm thinking of this one specific waffle that I have been really thinking about lately. <laughs> it's at a place here in Austin called Two Hands. It's like this lemon poppy seed waffle. And they have like this like cream. I don't know. It's kind of like a frosting type of thing over it. But it is the most delicious waffle. And so when I say like enjoying that waffle, before I eat that now, I used to get so upset at myself. And be like, wow, I cannot believe that you just ate that. Why would you do that to yourself? That is so unhealthy. Now, I just enjoy it without the guilt because I'm having something before it, like the egg or the vegetable or something like that. And I'm also knowing that I'm not sitting around eating these waffles every single day or every weekend for that matter. It's once every maybe few months at that matter. Same thing with going with the night out. Maybe I had one too many drinks. I got a little too excited and I'm just a little bit hungover the next day, right? Or maybe I slept in just a little bit later. Maybe I really didn't drink at all, but I stayed up later than I wanted. And so I slept in a little bit later than I wanted. And I used to get so upset at myself for that, saying, wow, you wasted a whole day. How could you do that? And now it's, 
I don't do that every weekend anymore. I'm in my early 20s, sure. But now I just don't do that every weekend. Now I can go out with friends and listen to a DJ and maybe have a drink, maybe not have a drink. And I don't care because I'm allowing myself. We are having a human experience, first of all. Let me point that out. We are here to have a human experience. And I know many of you probably are very in the spirituality and think the souls and reincarnation, all these different things, right? Like I am on that spiritual route myself. And, but the thing I have to remind myself, because at some point I got way too into depth of that spiritual realm was I had to remind myself, I'm also here to have a really fun fucking time. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's what life is about. Life is about having fun. It's about enjoying life. And that is why having the practice of the mindful indulgence is super, super important. Number three, make fitness a habit. I know, I know. You you don't always want to work out. You don't always want to get out of bed early and go to the gym or go on that walk or lift those weights because it's really hard and it just, oh, I'm just so tired today. I don't want to do this. Just make it a habit. Make it a freaking habit. Whether it's three times a week, five days a week, whatever it might be, right? So engaging in regular physical activity that you enjoy, I want to point that out, find some kind of physical activity that you thoroughly enjoy that suits your lifestyle. Personally, what I found has worked absolutely best for me in my lifestyle is definitely syncing my workouts to the different phases of my cycle. This has also allowed me to not fall into burnout because I'm really only working out about three weeks out of the entire month because for my follicular phase, I'm doing more intense things. Same with ovulation. I'm doing the cardio. I'm doing the hits. I'm doing those really intense, fun workouts. My luteal phase, I'm just hanging out. I'm doing Pilates, strength training. I guess that's not hanging out. You know what I mean though. I'm doing Pilates, I'm doing strength training. But by the time I get to my menstrual cycle, I really honor my body because that's just what I found has been best for me. And so instead of pushing myself, which you really shouldn't be pushing yourself during your menstrual cycle anyways, you should be honoring rest in your body. What I do is I really don't work out the first usually three days. And then after that, I might just go for a walk or a gentle yoga at home. I'm not really going out and doing anything in regards of workouts. And then I typically don't work on the weekends. Now my follicular and ovulatory, I might do a Saturday workout because I have all this energy that I'm like, yeah, let's use it. And also because I just, during my menstrual, I don't really work out. So that is the way that I have found best for me. And it doesn't have to be the same for you. Maybe I personally, for me, I have always grown up and I've been very active my entire life. And so I love working out and I've noticed that when I fall off the wagon of working out, when I was more in that yo-yo of trying to find my way and just trying to understand like what makes me happy, what doesn't. And I would just start to fall into a little bit of what would feel like a depression. It wasn't depression, but I would be a little bit more like a sad girl. And so working out that five days a week for me is what serves me best, especially when I'm not during my menstrual cycle. Because I'll wake up and the first thing I typically do is I'll go work out. I wake up around 6 a.m. and then I go to like a 7 a.m. class and I'm done by 8 o'clock at the latest most likely because I don't really don't take hour-long classes. They're usually like only 45 minutes. So it's a small fraction of your day and it's really only 80-20% of the time. 
I'm honoring my body by not falling into burnout. I'm supporting it by going into the recovery. I used to be really bad years ago. And I definitely used workout as a coping mechanism. Um, probably like, I guess in 2021. So a couple of years ago, because I would be working out three times a day, three, I would go to a hit class in the morning. This is before I was cycle sync. I want to point out, I would do a hit class in the morning, literally a 5am workout. Or when I was done doing the hit and I got a personal trainer, I was doing strength training. This is like intense strength training. And then I would go for like a four mile walk. And my walks were anywhere from four to six miles when I lived in downtown Tampa. And then I would go to yoga in the evening. And that was just a lot of stuff happening in my body. I was still on birth control all the time. So I really didn't notice a lot of the ways that it was really unhealthy for me. But, you know, even when people are at this, I was at 15% body fat. I had the abs. I had the whole shebang, but I wasn't truly happy with myself and it led me to being burnt out. So in 2022, I really didn't work out. I just kind of was on that yo-yo track trying to find my path again after I realized what I was doing to myself and how that deeply impacted me and my mindset and my self-worth. So making fitness a habit is super important, but I also want to point out, don't fall into this. The more I work out, the skinnier I'm going to be, because quite frankly, that's just not the case. And that's proven to be the case for women too, because we work on that 28 day hormonal cycle. So Number three was make fitness a habit. But once again, 80-20, find something that makes you really happy and excited to go to and don't burn yourself out with it. Find what fits your lifestyle. doesn't have to be five days. It can be three days. It can be two days, whatever the hell works. So number four, practice self-care regularly. I know this sounds very probably redundant for most people hearing, oh, I know I should practice self-care. I know I should do it. Why? I just need to do it more. I just, I don't make myself a priority. You probably are making everyone else a priority ahead of you, if I had to guess. And that's the reason why you're not practicing self-care regularly. And self-care does not have to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars going to the spa or having a nail appointment or anything like that. I've actually not got my nails done uh, in over a year. My nails or like my fingers or a pedicure. And that's my choice. I've not gone to the spa in almost a year either. That is my choice. I have intentionally not done those things because I used to connect self-care to spending money. That was a coping mechanism for me. And then I learned that, you know, this is just, I am an avoidant energy. I need to find different ways to make self-care a priority on a regular basis. That's not going to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars anymore. So to find things that promote relaxation, stress reduction, and mental well-being, Because if you are not doing these things, your stress levels are probably through the chart, which is raising your cortisol level, which is the stress hormone. That also makes it really hard to lose weight and for your hormones to be balanced. And so now you're not able to optimize your overall health and wealth as it is. So different ways that you can use self-care regularly is meditation. And I want to point out with meditation, I hear oftentimes, I can't quiet my mind. I don't think I meditate right. There's no wrong way to meditate. Meditating is not shutting your mind off completely. Meditating is sitting with your thoughts. Maybe you're doing a guided meditation or maybe you're just listening to, you know, some music and you're sitting there or you're maybe in silence. There's no wrong way to meditate. It's just simply sitting with your thoughts and showing up curious. Like what's, what's coming up? When was the last time you just sat with your thoughts and 
witness yourself without judgment, even when those thoughts maybe aren't the nicest or darkest or they are dark and you're like, I don't, I don't want to sit with these. These are bad. But the more you suppress them, that's not self-care. Self-care is honoring yourself and loving yourself even through the darkest points. So another thing you could do is journaling. Journaling is, I know it's one of those things where people are like, ugh, I don't really like journaling. Or there's people that are like, I love journaling. I love it so much. And then there's other people like, I don't even know what to write for journaling. Like what, how do you even journal? So something I used to do with journaling before I could help really get myself into a routine of it and understanding like, how does this self-care? And like, I don't understand this on a self-care level was I would just word dump into a journal. So I would grab a pen, grab a paper. It didn't have to make sense because nobody was reading this but you. So when it comes to journaling, you don't have to have prompts. You don't have to have a clear direction. Just brain dump. Maybe it's right after you meditate. All those thoughts that you just had come up where you're like, I don't know where this thought came from. Like, what is this about? Why is, oh my gosh, why am I being so mean to myself? Write it down. Just write it down. There's probably a layer where you've been avoiding this and suppressing it for so long that your body and your mind are like, oh, thank God you finally see me and you finally witnessed me. So just take a second to journal. Maybe you're meditating a couple days a week. Maybe you're journaling a couple days a week. Doesn't have to be the same thing every single day. Next thing is spending time in nature. I love, love, love spending time in nature because I go out there and I put my phone on airplane mode too. And I might have some music or I just might be without music, but I keep my phone on airplane mode and I just connect to the nature. And it doesn't have to be long. You can go out in the morning. First thing you do, get sun on your face. Do some grounding, which is just being barefoot on the earth and allowing all the beauty that the earth has for you to go and rejuvenate your body. That's a beautiful way just to spend time in nature. You don't have to go on a hike if you don't feel like it, right? Another way to engage in self-care and prioritizing that is find a hobby. Do something that you really love doing and make that a priority. So in my relationship, we have this rule where Sunday is do whatever you want day. So unless we have like predetermined plans, um, Sunday is like you do whatever you want and we each do our own thing. So he a lot of time likes to go play ultimate Frisbee. I am, I like to kind of just like hang out at the house sometimes. Like I like little lazy Sundays and I'll clean up and just like prepare for the week. Like that's very just nourishing for my soul. Cause I'm able to go into Monday feeling really rejuvenated and not stressed out knowing that everything's taken care of. Um, I do my laundry during the week. So that's not something that I consider like what I do on Sundays. It's sometimes it's just like, you know, cutting up vegetables or my fruits that I'm going to eat for the week. So that's a way that I show myself self-care. So during the week, maybe I get a little busy and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I've just got to grab something. I got to grab something. I don't have to take the time to cut it up. It's already done for me. So it makes my life super easy. So that's for me is like things I like to do on Sunday. But my number one way that I like to practice self-care is I take bubble baths, which I know is super, I guess, kind of cliche, but it is what it is. Bubble baths are cheap. You can buy bubbles for pretty cheap. I'll get bath salts or like magnesium for my bath. Um, and I read and I'll read a book in there. And I, this is just so fun for me. Sometimes I just scroll on TikTok in the bath. Uh, and that's something to me that I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Just being able to be on social media without having to be super aware 
of what I'm watching, allowing that kind of like that mind numbing activities, which I don't do a lot, but I'm on social media because a lot of my work is social media based. So every time I'm on social media, it's like work for me. So I allow that to be just like a stressful time to just like kind of like the practicing mindful indulgence. Like that's very mindful indulgent for me to just mindlessly scroll sometimes in a bubble bath. And it's so easy. I do this multi, I do this multiple times a week, honestly. And, and so practicing self-care regularly, showing up for yourself first allows you to fill your cup. And so it's overflowing so you can show the people in your life and the people around you more love. And self-care is not selfish. I'm sure you've heard that saying before, but I just want to make that a super, super, super priority that just making self-care a priority. My baths literally take like 30, sometimes I get in for like an hour, but sometimes it's only like 30 minutes and then I take a shower and I'm done and I feel so rejuvenated. So it does not have to be this like long, extensive time and you don't have to spend a lot of money with it. And last, but certainly not least, is find a balanced mindset. Right? So living in that age 20 lifestyle is a lot of mindset work, right? We talked about being mindful with the order of food that you eat. We're talking about being mindful and allowing yourself to enjoy it without indulge without feeling guilty. We talk about being mindful about making fitness a habit and doing something that makes you happy within your fitness routine or just finding a way to stay active throughout the day. The last one we just talked about was self-care, being mindful about tending to your needs 80% of the time. So when those stressful periods come up in your life, your cup is so full that it doesn't feel overwhelming and you don't get burnt out. So that's why finding a balanced balance mindset for the number five tip is just chef's kiss, the icing on the cake to all of these tips. Because when you cultivate a balanced mindset towards health and well-being, you're able to avoid the extremes of being all or nothing thinking that all in or all out or back in that yo-yo. And you're actually able to embrace the concept of moderation, which, I mean, we have all heard like, oh, everything in moderation. But, you know, most people don't understand what the concept of moderation is, right? Like the, like I mentioned earlier in the episode was, you know, eating healthy during the week on all Monday through Friday and then going balls to the wall on the weekend is not moderation by any means. So most people just don't understand the concept of moderation. So understanding that this 80-20 lifestyle allows flexibility, enjoyment, and long-term sustainability. It's just going to allow you to embrace progress over a longer period of time because your focus on progress over perfection and your focus on making consistent, healthy choices majority of the time, not all the time, majority of the time. And because once again, I've totally have been in your shoes if you're living that yo-yo lifestyle or you've gone all in or all out. My mom all my life has said, I'm a very all in or all out person. And while I think that's super helpful in certain areas of life and an overall standpoint, it wasn't really helpful in a lot of areas of my life. Um, I learned a lot of lessons by doing it that way. So being in this balanced mindset of you're here having this human experience. Allow yourself to just enjoy it. Life doesn't need to be stressful. You don't have to be on your P's and Q's all the time. Even when you're an adult, you don't have to be on your P's and Q's. I mean, we hear it like, oh, you're an adult now. Act like it. What, who sets the standard for how an adult should act? You're telling me that I can't go out and still party with my friends sometimes? Like, I don't, 
I don't see a problem with that. Especially like anyone that's a mom. I'm not a mom at this point in my life, but I've got friends that are moms and I see them living in a 20 life. So they're like, hell yeah, let's go out. I got a babysitter this weekend. So, or they'll text me like, I really need a girl's night. Uh, their partner's out of town or their partner's busy. They're like, are you available? I'm going to get a babysitter. Like 80, 20 lifestyle, even if you're a parent is so important Putting yourself first above everything else is going to allow you to just live life in your healthiest, wealthiest, most abundant version of yourself. Even when we were at Burning Man, I forgot to say this during the practice mindful indulgence tip was I prepped all of our meals ahead of time other than like sandwich stuff that we got, but I prepped like all of our main meal, like our dinners and I made them with like really healthy versions of everything. So like I made healthy burritos with, you know, vegetables and peppers and organic ground beef. And then I made a brown rice and quinoa pasta with chicken and like a healthier sauce. Like there's certain things that I made to allow us to like, Hey, go have fun balls wall, dance your ass off, do whatever it is that you want to do. But don't worry because we're going to have stuff here to take care of our insides and our bodies as well. And even though I was out there and I'm, you know, maybe doing some psychedelics or having a seltzer or something like that and just dance and having a good time, I would still take my supplements. So that's why I say like this 80-20 lifestyle has really taught me how to take care of my body, but also allow yourself to have a really fun time and not feel guilty for it outside of the everyday living. I mean, for example, Burning Man, it's a week long, one week in the entire year and I'm not doing like by learning this 80, 20 lifestyle, it's also allowed me to pick and choose the things that I really want to do, um, by being mindful and setting that intention versus, oh, am I just going out because I'm trying to avoid something and numb and just, I don't really want to take care of myself and I'm trying to self-sabotage myself or am I doing this because I actually just want to go out and have a good time with my friends and connect and just be in this human experience. So that's another thing I want to add is it's really important to just allow yourself to experience life in this 80-20 and just start with one thing. You don't have to incorporate all five tips at once. That's not 80-20. That's once again, all in mentality. Choose one of the five tips. Are you going to start setting intentions before you have an alcoholic beverage or going out with friends or before spending money or doing all these different things? Are you going to start eating your foods in the right order? That one I would probably recommend maybe doing first, maybe. Up to you. Choose your, pick your poison. Um, are you going to prioritize self-care? Is that something that you really need to do? Maybe you need to prioritize, prioritize self-care before you're able to eat your foods in the right order because right now you don't have that self-love for yourself. And so in order to create that self-love, self-care is going to help you out with that. Or maybe it's just the mindset. Maybe your mindset's the first thing that you need to start with. Okay, I need to get into this A20 lifestyle. It's totally possible. It's totally possible. What's the first thing you can start with? Self-care. Okay, yeah, let's do that. And set intention for your self-care, right? Like, why am I going to do this right now? I really need to nurture myself. So those are the five tips I have for you. I love, 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 love living by this 80-20 rule. And it is something that has truly, truly changed my life and Honestly, it's not something I really learned how to do really well until a little over a year and a half ago. Uh, My partner does it really well. He's amazing at this. And when we became friends three years ago, because we were friends before we were engaged, and 
I saw him live this and I was like, how the hell does he do that? I was still very all in or all out mentality. But over the last little over a year and a half now of us being together and actually in having our lives being intertwined now, I've just seen how great that he's done. And it's been such a beautiful example for me as well. So maybe find someone in your life that does a really good job of it. Maybe you're that person and now you are going to inspire your partner, your friends or your family or your children to live by this 80-20 lifestyle, understanding that, hey, it doesn't have to be this all in or all out. We can do it all. We can have everything. Let's just choose a healthier option first and then let's go balls to the wall and do that and have a, have a great time, right? So that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at embodiedwithabby. And I also have that free cycle syncing guide linked down below for you. If you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to send me a message on Instagram. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I'll see you guys.